The show you love with even more local news and more local talk. The voice of the valley. The Mike Douglas Show. Now weekdays from 3 till 5. On air and online. Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Here's your host, Mike Douglas. And a good Wednesday afternoon to you here on the Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Mike Douglas with you, your personal concierge for conversation. Our commitment to you to be live and local here in California's Central Valley so that you and I can discuss the issues of the day that directly affect us. And through that process, I think we learn more about why we believe what we believe. And we also learn more about why other people believe what they believe. And this is a powerful and very valuable dynamic that takes place right here. On Power Talk 1360 KFIV, we thank you so much for being part of that dynamic. Well, this Wednesday, and by the way, I uh, yesterday, uh, before we uh, left you, I recommended that maybe we do some research about Jane's Revenge. We're going to get to that in a moment, and uh, a few comments that were made about that whole dynamic by Kellyanne Conway uh, yesterday, and we'll get to that in just a few moments. Uh, just earlier today, I think this is this is worth noting. There is so much spin going on in government, both here in California and in Washington, D.C. So many half-truths. I don't know about you, uh, the, the minute I hear a politician talking, my radar always goes up, my spin meter immediately engages, and I listen, it doesn't matter who it is, I listen with uh, some... Uh, well, some reluctance in one way, but we have to know what's going on. But I also listen with some skepticism uh, until I until I can hear the full story and what's going on. I don't know about you, but I just don't take anyone for their word anymore. I investigate. I think through it. I think that's a healthy way uh, for us to respond to what we hear from our politicians. And there are some really good guys and gals out there but everyone deserves scrutiny uh, if they are holding political office and accountability. And that's all healthy. It's, it's part of uh, being skeptical. It doesn't mean being hateful. It doesn't mean tearing them down, but it means listening with a discerning ear, with a critical ear. And so I was quite surprised this morning to hear uh, a, a quick interaction between uh, Senator Bill Haggerty, he's a Republican from Tennessee, and he was asking questions at a hearing of Fed Chairman Jerome Powell. And it was a very interesting, very short exchange, but I thought it was refreshing in some ways to hear Jerome Powell, again, a Biden administration uh, appointee, so to speak, I I found his answer refreshing. Let's listen to this again. The questioner is Senator Bill Haggerty, Republican from Tennessee, and he is asking the question of the Fed Chairman Jerome Powell. Given how inflation has escalated over the past 18 months, would you say that the war in Ukraine is the primary driver of inflation in America? No, inflation was high before, certainly before the uh, war in Ukraine broke out. Ah, uh, I love it. I love it. The Fed Chairman Jerome Powell being very honest. Again, the question was, 
is Ukraine, basically. Is Ukraine the main reason for the 8.6% inflation rate? So we've seen inflation rise over the past 18 months or so under the Biden administration. And we have heard so much spin from the White House and from members of Congress as well. Well, it's because of Vladimir Putin. It's because of the invasion of Ukraine. The Fed chairman, being very honest, is saying, no, no, the inflation rate was high before. Not only did he say it was high before, he said it was high certainly before the war in Ukraine broke out. So I applaud the Fed chairman, Jerome Powell, for being honest. Thank you. A breath of fresh air. Don't, don't you find that refreshing? And you're going, Mike, that was, that was a 13-second soundbite, and, and what, what are you doing? No, I'm, I'm recognizing it was a 13-second soundbite, but it's significant. The Fed chairman is being honest. And he's basically saying that those officials in our government who are telling us that, well, the inflation rate is, is really the fault of Vladimir Putin. Vladimir Putin price hikes. Vladimir Putin this. Ukraine this. Ukraine that. No, the inflation rate was going up and it was high certainly before the war in Ukraine broke out. Thank you, Mr. Powell. That's all, that's all I'm asking. As a, not as a radio host, but as a citizen of the United States of America, just be honest. Just step into the light of truth, stay there, and tell us what's really happening. Without the spin, there was no spin there. I want to listen to this one more time because it makes me feel good. Given how inflation has escalated over the past 18 months, would you say that the war in Ukraine is the primary driver of inflation in America? No, inflation was high before, certainly before the uh, war in Ukraine broke out. Right on. Thank you. Thank you for that. All right. Do you, I, I mean, our, don't you find that refreshing? 209-551-3483. Maybe you're saying, oh, Mike, you just haven't had your 11th cup of coffee yet. Get with it. I, I, no, no, do I? <laughs> Does that mean I'm going to listen to Jerome Powell and believe everything he says? No. No, I think, we, as I said before, we always need to approach this with healthy skepticism. Uh, Our our officials in Washington, D.C. and in Sacramento, any elected official, any appointed official, needs to have accountability to us because they work for us, not vice versa. And I know that's, uh, that's news to a lot of folks in Sacramento and Washington, D.C., but I, I just thought it, was, uh, thought it was refreshing. All right, Jane's Revenge, Jane's Revenge. You've probably uh, heard about this <clears throat> in uh, Washington, D.C. at the moment. There are some handbills that are being put up on, uh, I guess, posts and walls and such, And I've got a a photograph of one. D.C. call to action. Night of rage. The night SCOTUS overturns Roe v. Wade. Hit the streets, it says in big print. You said you'd riot. To our oppressors. If abortions aren't safe, you're not either. And at the bottom, 
it says Jane's Revenge. At the bottom, it says Jane's Revenge. Now, what is Jane's Revenge? Well, it's uh, it, 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 it's like grabbing jello. <laughs> Jane's Revenge. A lot of history behind what it might be, who it might be behind it. It is, uh, I would say, somewhat Antifa-like in its approach uh, to issues. And obviously, Jane's Revenge, if, if indeed it is a group or a compilation of group, they are very anti uh, the Supreme Court of the United States of America overturning Roe v. Wade. And so this is a threat. Now, is there actually an organization called Jane's Revenge, and did it actually print this out? Or did other people print this out, hiding behind the moniker Jane's Revenge? Really don't know. But again, it's a threat. D.C. call to action, Night of Rage, the Night SCOTUS, <clears throat> that is the Supreme Court of the United States, the Night SCOTUS overturns Roe v. Wade, hit the streets, you said you'd riot, to our oppressors, if abortions aren't safe, you're not either. Jane's Revenge. So what do we do with that? Well, one of the things I do with it is I look at this docudrama that's happening in Washington, D.C., and I'm thinking, gee, all, all of the effort, all of the money, all of the press coverage, all of the hysteria around the investigation of January 6, 2021, and yet we don't see hardly any mention of investigating this Jane's revenge. Doesn't, sound, doesn't that sound like terrorism to you? To our oppressors, if abortions aren't safe, you're not either. Don't, don't you think that that's terroristic? Brent Bozell makes this comment. He says, pro-abortion terrorists attacked 62 pro-life organizations, churches, and people since the Supreme Court leak in May. Yet, and he cites the AP, warns of violence against abortion providers. Yeah, you see, it, it, here's the spin again. And, and it says to me that we have a multi, multi-level situation of jurisprudence. There aren't just two levels of justice in America. There, there are multi-levels of justice in America. And those who are somewhat immune to it are those who are in power, who have the money, who have the influence. And they drive these narratives. They drive where the focus is. I'm, I'm waiting to hear... Congress being up in arms about this Jane's revenge. And maybe they are investigating it, but we're sure not hearing about it. Some great points made by Kellyanne Conway. This was uh, yesterday on uh, the morning show with Dana Perino on Fox. And she was talking and, and, and putting this whole Jane's revenge thing into perspective. And in just a few moments, I'm going to play her comments for you. I think they are very, very wise points, and uh, we'll discuss them afterwards. Before we do that, there's something else I want to discuss with you. That's home prices. 
They keep rising. Inventories low. Interest rate hikes mean price fluctuations. You know they just went up. The interest rate. So selling your home now with an aggressive, experienced agent, it's the right move to maximize your equity. Do you have a growing family? Or are you working from home and you need more space? Well, call the agent I trust and recommend. Call Dan Phipps. Dan's proprietary marketing system guarantees multiple offers in 72 hours for full market value, or he'll sell it for free. His home selling program, it's designed to maximize your sales price. Love this. You're in complete control. There's no costly repairs required, no long-term contracts, and you pick your move date. Dan can even find you a new home before you move. Melody in Oakdale knows all about it. She needed to sell quickly, but her home needed a bunch of repairs and upgrades to get a decent price. But she did not have the time nor the money. Understand that. So Melody called Dan Phipps, and Dan said, no problem, we can do it. And he did. Dan got multiple offers and sold for much higher than Melody could have imagined. Call Dan Phipps. Dan is the man I recommend, and I'd hire him to sell my own home. He's the only agent who guarantees multiple offers in 72 hours, or it's sold free. Call Dan Phipps, 209-593-1111, or go to danphipps.com. That's Dan Phipps with three Ps, D-A-N-P-H-I-P-P-S dot com. We'll talk more about Jane's Revenge and Kellyanne Conway's response to all of that in three minutes right here on The Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Take The Mike Douglas Show with you every weekday from 3 till 5. Download the free iHeartRadio app and follow 1360 KFIV. And welcome back to The Mike Douglas Show here on this Wednesday afternoon in California's Central Valley. Thank you so much for being with us here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. I want to bring you a very, very quick uh, overview of Kellyanne Conway's response to what's happening. Uh, public reaction, media reaction, uh, uh, lack of judicial reaction to the threats about the possible overturning of Roe v. Wade vis-a-vis uh, Dobbs versus uh, Jackson, uh, Mississippi Women's Health uh, Organization. And that decision, of course, has not come down yet. We expect it will come down maybe tomorrow uh, and and probably on Friday, by Friday anyway. Kellyanne Conway, if you remember, uh, served as the senior counselor to President Donald Trump uh, from, what, 2017 to 2020, and was his very successful uh, Trump uh, campaign manager in 2016. She was on the morning show with Dana Perino at Fox uh, yesterday, And uh, Kellyanne Conway uh, says people basically have gone way beyond protesting within the context of First Amendment rights. We've gone way beyond just peaceful protests, which is a bedrock of American democracy. When Jane's Revenge says night of rage, when Chuck Schumer stands on the steps of the United States Supreme Court in 2020 and says, Gorsuch, Kavanaugh, you unleash this whirlwind, you will pay the price. When a man is arrested outside of Justice Kavanaugh's home, the address of which was published by these anti 
uh, pro-abortion, anti-justice groups. This is way beyond protesting. We are threatening people's lives. And as you have said many times on your program, both of you, there is a federal statute that protects against the intimidation or the influence of justices, judges, when they are deciding cases. Um, I would love to hear President Biden speak about this. He has had dozens of opportunities to speak about the violence, to denounce it in no uncertain terms. I'd love to hear the Department of Justice be as vigorous and robust in their denouncement of this, uh, of these crimes, of these threats of murder and mayhem as they were when they called parents concerned at school board meetings domestic terrorists. I, I love that. She then pointed out that there used to be civil discourse within the Supreme Court itself, and she used the example of the late Ruth Bader Ginsburg. And the other people I'd love to hear from, I'd like to hear from people who were close to Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg, maybe some family members, definitely the dozens and dozens of clerks who served her. When they say Ruth sent us, she was not a proponent of violence. She was uh, very close, very close friends with Justice Scalia. Look at Justice Sonia Sotomayor very recently, throwing, I think, a lot of nice words in the direction of Justice Thomas. These are justices who work together in comedy, C-O-M-I-T-Y, and don't want there to be murder and mayhem, God forbid. So we have to think very clearly as a democracy that when people threaten lives, action must be taken before something bad happens. And then she uh, she pointed out that these activists like, well, Jane's Revenge, uh, if, if whoever they are, uh, but activists outside of crisis pregnancy centers, they're trying to intimidate employees and pregnant women, aren't they? Isn't that, isn't that the, the, the goal here, don't you think, to intimidate? They're probably trying to intimidate the people who work there. They're, trying, they're, they're definitely trying to intimidate the people who may access a pregnancy center it, uh, as opposed to a Planned Parenthood or an abortion center. Let's, let's tell the audience what crisis pregnancy centers do. They help these pregnant women who want to go through their pregnancies to full term. They help them with housing, education, obviously all the prenatal care, the birth, the delivery. And if that woman decides either to keep her child or to put the child up for adoption, they help with that too. And I think the pro-life movement should talk more and more, Dana, about the adoption option, about being pro-life throughout the child's entire life. There's no question. I also do think that they're helping to intimidate some of the candidates and legislators, if not judges. Mm -hmm. Remember, if Roe is overturned through the Dobbs case, the issue goes back to each state. So the state legislators will be the ones feeling the pressure. Um, I'm very disturbed that a woman named Kristen Clark is in charge of the civil division at the Department of Justice. She has been ho openly hostile to crisis pregnancy centers over her career. She has called them, quote, harmful, quote, and predatory. And that, that again, shows a great deal of bias, and it almost excuses, if not invites, this type of violence outside of those centers. Also, the churches. The churches have been attacked. Do you know the Jane's Revenge Group has told people, go to the church of Amy Coney Barrett, go to her children's school. This is just chilling and goes way beyond protesting. It does go way beyond protest, protesting. It's uh, it's intimidation. And as 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 we've pointed out here on the show, uh, these people who are in front of Supreme Court justice homes protesting are breaking federal law. And yet again, I come back to there are multi levels of jurisprudence in our country today. 
there, there's not just one justice system, sad to say. There should be one. The law ought to apply across the board. The law ought to apply across the board. But does it? No, well, and you think of the, 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 the outrage in Congress over January 6th and over President Donald Trump's words. Well, where, where's their outrage over this Jane's revenge group saying to our oppressors, if abortions aren't safe, you're not either. Hit the streets. You said you would. Where's the outrage over that? How, what do you think about it? Are you outraged over the lack of action over things like this? Our number, 209-551-3483. We've talked about uh, Jerome Powell being a breath of fresh air to me. We've also talked about Jane's Revenge. Get to your opinions in five minutes here on the Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Debbie, we'll get right to you. The Mike Douglas Show. Now weekdays from 3 till 5 on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. You're listening to The Mike Douglas Show. The Voice of the Valley. Power 1360 KFIV. And welcome back to The Mike Douglas Show here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Mike Douglas here, your concierge for conversation. Our conversation thus far, we've covered a lot of territory. We've got... 8.6% inflation. Jerome Powell, the head of the Fed, saying, no, 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 no. Inflation was high before the Ukraine war. Gas prices are skyrocketing. And Jane's revenge is uh, basically whoever, whatever it is, appears to be encouraging domestic terrorism. We'll talk about all of that. So let's go to the phones. 209-551-3483. 209-551-3483. Let's start with Debbie from Stanislaus. A good Wednesday afternoon to you, Debbie. What's on your mind today? Well, thank you very much for taking my call, and I'm going to try very hard to make sense out of what I want to get out. I truly believe mathematically, not through technology, just my God-given brain, I've listened to every single human being that can be listened to because I don't think we learn unless we listen. We're at war. Whether we want to admit it or not, we can go along playing these political games all day long. Number one, there is so much damage that's been done since 2020 that now we're going to say, Guess what, guys? We're not as bad as we look. We're gonna we're gonna give you an 18 cent pullback on your on your gasoline. What in the world of God is 18 cents? Stop, listen, and start using your brains. I've said this over and over every time I've called in, Mr. Douglas, and I'm begging. I'm not asking anymore. Start getting rid of your technology. Start doing it a little bit at a time. Do it if you want to pay your bills or you want to go through instant whatever in using your credit cards or whatever you're using. But as far as your brain, as far as this country, the United States of America, the only way we're going to remain the United States of America, hold on to our military who are willing to die for us. Why? Don't, don't ask me. 
I've kept all the literature from all the years of all the tens of thousands, millions of people that have given up their lives for this country. I don't think we deserve it because we're so, we're so soft. We use our technology for everything, and we'd better stop it. I don't know how to get through to any of you out there, but you better start doing it. And if you don't, start using your brains. You don't need Alexis in your cars to tell you how to get to a destination. You don't need Alexis to tell you to turn on a music or put it by your bedside and talk to it. You need to talk to your fellow human beings. You need to communicate. We're in trouble. And if we don't stand up to those stupid hearings that weren't even hearings, they weren't even a democracy of a hearing. Those hearings were hanging. And by the way, all you people out there, I saw Georgia on television at 3 a.m. in the morning, and this was a setup. Mr. Trump is not a bad person. He may not be perfect, but who of us is perfect? Please, I'm begging you, start thinking about it. Giving this 18 cents as a gas reprieve for a temporary tax reprieve, it isn't going to do you any good. What are you going to do with 18 cents? Even if you put 20 gallons in your car, what are you going to do with that little bit of money? With all the other things that are out of control, your food, your clothing, Everything you need. And by the way, we aren't going to be having clothing in stores. I'll bet you anything I have or will ever have that eventually we won't even have stores to go in and buy things because it will all be done. Technology. It's all on the television. If you haven't gotten that message yet, then you're not, you're not using any of your brains. Please, I'm begging everybody for the last time. Start. Stop using your technology, and use the brain that God gave you. You don't need a big IQ. All you need is a heart and a caring about your fellow human beings. Because if you don't wake up soon, there won't be any of us left. Between technology and germ warfare, and our president has said it right out loud and clear, that we're never, ever going to get rid of these, these diseases or whatever the hell they want to call them, and we're going to have to inoculate ourselves and take vaccines until the world ends. That isn't the truth, but they get you by frightening you. They get you by scaring you and holding you. They have you right where they want you. Wake up. Yeah, I Nobody agree. Uh, I, I agree. Fear is a, a powerful tool. A powerful tool, Debbie. Uh, thanks for your call. Let, let me respond to uh, a couple of your points. Now, uh, I agree with you. Uh, we are at war, and the war is against our constitutionally driven republic, and the war is uh, based on a desire to destroy it and replace it with. It looks like Marxist and socialistic uh, type societies, which uh, which we don't want. Uh, so I would agree with you in, in many ways, Debbie. We are at war. You talked about a lot of damage being done since the elections in uh, 2020. Uh, certainly since January 2021, a lot of damage has been done to the United States of America by leadership in the United States of America. I, I agree with you. Uh, gas tax, very, uh, very interesting. Uh, on, on Wednesdays at noon, Debbie, I have the pleasure of and, and privilege of facilitating a, a prayer time amongst uh, several pastors uh, here in the Modesto area. And one of them said today, you know, I, I left the other day, I left my cell phone 
at home and I'm in my truck and I, and I got nervous about it. I thought, oh, I need to call my wife. And then I thought, wait a minute, I don't have a cell phone. And we all laughed about that. But you're right. I was thinking about that the other day. There, there have been times when I've unintentionally just left the cell phone at home. And actually, Debbie, I felt refreshed by that. And I, I think back to the time before cell phones, uh, when, when, b- before calculators even, and when we had to do math by longhand, uh, when we had to count change in retail stores, learn to do that, working uh, at Radio Shack many, 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 many years ago. And, and you're right, when we don't, it's like using a muscle, when we don't use our brains to their fullest extent, uh, I believe, Debbie, they also atrophy, just, uh, just like uh, muscles uh, would. And, and, I, and the gas tax, I, it's a Band-Aid. It's, it's even less than a, the gas tax uh, moratorium we're talking about. Again, uh, President Biden uh, proposing a three-month suspension of the 18.4 cent a gallon tax on gas. And that's, uh, if you're getting diesel, it's uh, 20, 24.4 cents, I believe. Anyway, it's, a, it's even less than a Band-Aid. It, it's a feel-good thing, I think, in advance of the November 2022 elections. I believe that's all it is. It, it's a feel-good measure. It's going to save, what, maybe about a dollar per gallon, maybe, and then it goes away. How about let's deal with the real issue? And the real issue is we need to start drilling and we need to start pumping and we need to start processing oil. We need to get back into the business of petroleum. And yes, I have no problem with having efforts towards, quote unquote, clean energy. But but let's develop that at the same time that we're producing our own oil and being uh, self-sufficient being independent, having energy independence. Why would we not do that? I believe it's on purpose. And, and the idea there is to destroy our independence and get us into a global economy and get us into this uh, one world system, which will destroy our culture. It will destroy our culture. And if you want to put it into Star Trek terms or Star, yeah, Star Trek terms will be part of the collective. Anyway, Debbie, thanks for your call. Uh, some some good points there, and uh, always always appreciate uh, your your passion. By the way, I was thinking about it the other day, thinking of of Debbie's passion. I'm watching some of these um, newly elected women, and especially uh, uh, women of color, who are Republicans, and their passion, and those who are in the primaries. I'll tell you, I'm all for that. I wish more women would be involved. And, and I mean, w- women who have their heads on straight. I, I wish they would become, there, there's a passion and a willingness to take the hill no matter what. And we've got some old codgers in the Senate and in, Cong- in, the, in the House of Representatives that need to go away. And, and the R after their name doesn't impress me whatsoever. I look at their voting records. I look at what they're advocating. I look at their sound bites, and I'm highly disappointed. What about you? What, what do you think about this whole issue of Jane's revenge? 
hit the streets. In a moment, when we come back, I'm going to read you an excerpt from one of their first posts on a, on a blog site they have, just to see how you react to that. Are, are you outraged over Jane's revenge the same way that Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer are outraged over January 6th? We'll find out in three minutes as the Mike Douglas Show continues here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Here's more with the voice of the valley, Mike Douglas on Power Talk 1360 KFIV and streamed on the iHeartRadio app. And welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. A lot to talk about today. Let's go back to the phones 209 551 3483. We've been talking about this federal gas tax moratorium that's being proposed. Let's find out what you think about it. John from Brentwood, what do you think about this proposal from President Biden? It's a sham. It all has to do with maybe turning a few votes in November. I think the federal gas tax is, what, 15 to 18 cents a gallon? It's not going to save anybody anything. If, if, if you got a 15-gallon tank and you fill up, save about 250 every fill-up, which is going to amount to about $10 a month, which is going to do absolutely nothing. $10 a month is absolutely nothing in today's economy. So it's it's just it's just a sham. It's just look, we're trying to. It's just a thing. Oh look, the government's trying to help you out. We're really really behind you. It's 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 a joke. And anybody that falls for it and says, oh, we really need this. It's going to really help us. It's not going to do nothing. It's a. I uh, I agree 100 percent, John. It to me, and I think you've expressed this. Uh, to me, it's simply um, it, it's an emotional. Uh, act to try to get people on board, uh, to get people uh, looking away from the real issues in advance of the November 2022 elections. And like you said, John, and you're right, it's 18.4 cents a gallon uh, for gas, but for those that drive diesel engines, it's 24.4 cents a gallon But uh, for diesel. But you got to look at, at how much diesel you got to put in some of those big rigs. So uh, I agree with you. It's useless. It's a um, it, it, it's it's a, a a little flare that they're sending up to try to distract us from the real issues. They wanted to really really deal with the issue, John. I think President Biden should say, you know what? We realize the hurt that you're having, America, and uh, we're going to re re reactivate projects like the Keystone XL pipeline. We're going to reactivate drilling for oil. We're going to go back and become energy independent again uh, to make America stronger. I, of course, that, exactly, that's... Exactly. And you know, what, you know what's going to happen? When, when people finally do get back to the tank, if this thing takes place and, and the gas tax is the thing that goes in and everybody's going to save money... What used to cost $75 to fill your tank is now going to be like $73.40. And they're going to say, what the heck is this? It's the first time anybody fills up after this thing passes, they're going to, everybody that, that buys gas is going to realize the thing. It's just a joke anyway. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And uh, you know what it takes, John, is people like you and Debbie and many of our other callers to, to think 
uh, you know, to, and she's right, I think, to, to use our heads and to reason when we hear things like this. But I, I tell you, John, so many people get swept up in the emotion and in the, uh, the, the baloney, and it's just, it's discouraging. Anyway, John. Thanks so much for your call. Always appreciate that. Uh, John from uh, Brentwood. Uh, Yeah, it's uh, it's not even a Band-Aid, this proposal for the gas tax moratorium. And it's only for, and we're going to have to borrow money to cover the, what, $10 billion that uh, the federal government would, quote, unquote, lose in in the process. Anyway, I want to come back. uh, And uh, again, thanks so much, John, for your call. Good, excellent points, excellent points. I uh, wanted to come back to uh, Jane's revenge here for a second. Uh, on uh, And again, we don't know exactly who they are. They are Antifa-esque, I guess you could say. A little bit like trying to grab Jello to get a handle on who they are, what they really are. Let me read you just very quickly uh, their first, uh, uh, first communique on a blog they have. They said, this is not a declaration of war. War has been upon us for decades. A war which we did not want, did not provoke too long. We have been attacked for asking for basic medical care. Lie. Too long, we have been shot, bombed, and forced into childbirth without consent. Lie. This was only a warning. We demand the disbanding of all anti-choice establishments, fake clinics, and violent anti-choice groups within the next 30 days. This is not a mere difference of opinion, as some have framed it. We are literally fighting for our lives. We will not sit still while we are killed and forced into servitude. Seriously. We have run thin on patience and mercy for those who seek to strip us of what little autonomy we have left. As you continue to bomb clinics and assassinate doctors with impunity, why, so too shall we adopt increasingly extreme tactics to maintain freedom over our own bodies. There you go. And again, the posters, the handbills they're putting up in uh, Washington, D.C. D.C. call to action, Night of Rage. The Night Scotus, Supreme Court of the United States. The Night Scotus overturns Woe v. Wade. Hit the streets. You said you'd riot to our oppressors. If abortions aren't safe, you're not safe either. So, where's the FBI in this? Where's... Attorney General Merrick Garland? Where's Chuck Schumer? Where's Nancy Pelosi? Where are all these leaders who so shrilly express their outrage over what Donald Trump says, who are outraged over school parents saying, we don't want our little tiny children being taught by authority figures in schools that they have permission and encourage them to uh, change their uh, gender identity. We don't like pornography in the books that uh, they're provided. We don't like the school district or the schools or the teachers promoting cross-dressers and, well, you know what I'm talking about. My friends, it's... uh, it, again, it, it's a right now to me, our government in Sacramento and our government 
in Washington, D.C., the leadership of those two governments are a farce. And they've had plenty of time. We've had enough years of Gavin Newsom to get a handle on what he's about. We've had enough time with Joe Biden, President Joe Biden, to understand what he's about. We've had enough time with Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer to understand what they're about. We got it. We watch. We understand. We calculate. We add it up. We look at voting records. We look at history. We listen. We compare notes. We listen to those who even don't agree with us. And it all, uh, it all adds up to a farce. They're out of touch. And I believe they're getting very desperate. Well, Mike, you're just being a Republican. No, I'm being a realist. And I am, I am as upset with a lot of our Republican leaders as I am with a lot of the Democratic leaders. I really am. I, I think that there are quite a few, if not a handful, of Republican uh, leaders in, in the Senate and uh, in the House of Representatives who will gladly, for the sake of preserving their power, for preserving the money that comes into their coffers, they are more than happy to sell America down the road. Don't you think so? Really? I mean, you look at the Senate gun bill. Let's talk about that in five minutes. Let's talk about the Republicans who are backing this ridiculous thing. We'll talk about that in five minutes coming up on the Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIB. Our phone number 209-551-3483. Again, I'll be back in five minutes. The show you love. Talking about the issues that are important to you. The voice of the valley. The Mike Douglas Show. Now every weekday from 3 till 5. On air and online. Power Talk 1360 KFIB. Here again is your host, Mike Douglas. And welcome back to our number two of the Mike Douglas Show here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Mike Douglas here, your concierge for conversation. Quite a conversation we've had today. Been talking about the ridiculousness of this proposed gas tax moratorium on the federal level for, for three months. Uh, the Biden administration is proposing an 18.4 cent uh, moratorium on the federal gas tax. Well, for three months. Will that make a big difference? No. Why? Because it's not dealing with the real issue. We've talked about, as well, uh, Jane's Revenge, whoever, whatever that is, their Antifa-like presence. We'll talk a little bit more about that as well. Add it all up, we've seen a lot of changes, haven't we, over the past uh, 18 months or two years or so, and uh, a lot of them of late, a lot of them of late, not, uh, not so encouraging, but we must persevere, in my mind. Let's uh, let's get your read on where we are today, 209-551-3483. By the way, this Jane's Revenge group or people, whoever, they, do you think they'll, uh, they personally will actually carry all of this out? Mm, give you my read on that in a minute. Let's go to the phones now, 209-551-3483. Let's go up to Stockton, talk to Barbara. Hi, Barbara, welcome. Thank you, Mike. Uh, Mike, I just wanted to say that uh, the Democrats really p- 
picked a terrible time to kind of have this meeting about the insurrection because when the decision for Roe versus Wade comes down, the whole nation is watching. Now, if the Democrats make no preparation for what civil disorder might happen, then the nation can say, you wanted this to happen because you had plenty of time to prepare knowing how the people feel. And I think it will be very, very bad for them because people who might not have had an opinion, when they see something like this, knowing what's going on and all the time that the Democrats have had for preparation to kind of calm things down, they will say, okay, we know you wanted this to happen because you had time enough to get everything in order to, for protection for these people and to, to maybe tamp down these riots or whatever happens. Now, wouldn't you say so? I would for people that think, uh, Barbara. And, and I think you're quite right. I, I think if you are using, uh, if we're using our collective crania, then yes. Uh, but here, here's what I wonder, Barbara. Let me get you read on this very quickly before we let you go. Do you think the majority of Americans will connect the dots on all of that and arrive at the same conclusions you were arriving at? Well, to tell you the truth, I, I, would, I would hope so because it's so very blatant. You know, I mean, the, the threats and the, uh, the things that have happened and the very, very fact that they've gone out of their way to protect the, uh, the they haven't had to protect the, those justices that are liberal, but for those that are conservative, my goodness gracious, you know, it's like they don't really have any protection. Yeah, there's, uh, Barbara, and I think this applies to a lot of things in life. And as a pastor, I see it. There, there are people who are blinded to the truth because they don't want to deal with it. And I well, hope you're right, true. Barbara, and I think you've made a very astute observation, and you're, you're making a good calculus there as well. You're, you're, you're looking at the whole, the panoply of all the uh, factors involved. You're putting them together. You're analyzing it, and I hope... My hope is more Americans will, will do that. Uh, I think we'll find out. And I, I, I think you're right. I think a lot of Americans, Barbara, if, if in fact there's going to be a lot of uh, civil unrest, I don't mean protests, I mean civil unrest, yeah. rioting over yes. what uh-huh. we anticipate wrote the, the decision on Dobbs is going to be affecting Roe v. Wade. I think a lot of people may wake up and say, well, you had plenty of time, just as you said, Barbara, you've had plenty of time to prepare for this. Why weren't we ready? Good point, Barbara. Right. Thanks for your call. Okay, thank you. All right. Barbara Bye-bye. from Stockton, some uh, some great thoughts there. So what do you think about this uh, Jane's Revenge? Um, do you think, <laughs> well, th- here's the problem. Who is Jane's Revenge? We don't really know. Uh, is it a group? Is it a group of groups? They're kind of this nebulous presence with a moniker called Jane's Revenge. What do you think is going to happen? Let's just put it this way. What and, and let's anticipate that the decision on Dobbs that will probably come down tomorrow, I would guess maybe Friday. I think they'll wait till Friday. When it comes down, what do you think will happen? Do you think we'll have riots? 
Do you think law enforcement will be prepared for it? Do you think the administrations of states, let's just say here in California, and the Biden administration, do you think they will call for calm? Or do you think they would be pleased to let things get out of hand to allow the destruction to continue? What do you think? What's your evaluation of these um, threats by Jane's Revenge, whoever, whatever it might be? Our telephone number here, 209-551-3483, 209-551-3483. Talked about the fact that it doesn't, to, to me, we're way beyond whether you have an R or a D or an I or whatever after your name to signify your, your political affiliation. I think we're way beyond that. I, I think we're, in a, we're, in a, we're at a point now where both parties have people who aren't thinking. We have, I say both, the two major parties, Republican and Democrat. I, I think that we're in a situation where people are so afraid of losing their power. They're so afraid of, of losing the perks they get. They're so afraid of, of losing the money that comes into their coffers one way or the other that they're so afraid of that. They're willing to compromise. Now, wait a minute, Mike. Compromise is good, right? Compromise is good when we're looking at the details of how to implement something. I don't believe we should ever compromise on principle. And that's what I see happening in both parties today. I see members of both party compromising on principle. The principle of the Bill of Rights, the principle of the Constitution itself, the principle of the Declaration of Independence. All those principles seems to be seem to be thrown into the trash can. And then when something like Jane's revenge comes along, what happens? A lot of a lot of people who are just living in their little bubble, and they are, and I'm not being mean here, I am using this word in its its true sense, they are sycophants, sycophants. Merriam-Webster defines that as servile, self-seeking flatterers, sycophants. Those people who are, are servile, they're serving uh, their own agendas, and they wish to flatter whoever will flatter them. And so I, I think this is uh, where we're at today. And Aunt Barbara made a point that maybe people will wake up. I hope so. I hope so. All right. Uh, we had the opportunity uh, over the past week or two to hear from our politicians. And uh, we're going to talk about one of them, a comment that he made, and a caller would like to speak to that. We'll get right to that in three minutes as the Mike Douglas Show continues on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram. 1360 KFIV is your place online. Let's get social with Power Talk 1360 KFIV. And welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. 
appreciate all of you and uh, the the depth of thinking that you uh, that you do and your willingness to discuss that here on the air. Uh, we had a, an interview with Tom McClintock uh, not too long ago, and we were talking about water. Of course, that's a hot topic always here in California. And uh, Tom was uh, Tom McClintock was saying uh, something to the effect that we have enough water in California if we don't let it flow out to the ocean. Well, let's uh, let's go to up to Manteca and James. Uh, James, you have a question or you have a comment about uh, that statement? Yes, sir. Hi, Mike. I heard that, but I didn't hear what he had said. I had uh, something happened, but anyway, uh, he said we had plenty of water in California. Well, there's only one place I know where there's plenty of water, and it's Crystal Spring Lake in California. It's off uh, it's near Cimitero, and you take road. Yeah, I think uh, James and I, I'm I'm going back in my mind to uh, the context of the comment, and I don't I don't and again I can't speak for Mr. McClintock. Uh, you know, the question would properly be given to him, but but let's let's do it from our viewpoints. Here's my read on the whole context of his discussion. There, it wasn't. Uh, I don't know that he was meaning a literally literally that it was going into the ocean. I think he was employing uh, an an allegory in 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 order to point out the fact that because of our uh, uh, over overabundance of environmental uh, laws because of our overabundance of inaction here in California that we should have plenty of water at the moment. Uh, You've described one place where there is. And uh, I I have talked to other people, James, uh, from not only the state of California, but uh, from the federal uh, agencies as well that deal with water. And I don't think I've had one of them, and these are in public uh, meetings, I don't think I've had one of them who ever denied the fact that had California stepped up to the plate, had we done what we needed to do, had we used the funds that had been made available, yes, we'll have droughts, but we wouldn't have the severe effects of those droughts that we're experiencing right now. 
Uh, and the problem is that as, as we're looking at uh, the, the feds, for example, taking out Shasta, Trinity, Watershed, uh, it, it, uh, and, and such, as we're looking at the misman I won't say management, I will say mismanagement of um, water and its sources here in California, as we've not done what we needed to do, we could be experiencing... Having sufficient water, yeah, we'll need to conserve, absolutely, but we wouldn't have the effects of the drought we have right now had we stepped up to the plate and done what we needed to do. That was a really long response to your very short question there, James, but that that was my sense of, of what he was trying to say. Go ahead. Yeah, but I just wondered, too. Now, the Hetch Hetchy water way up in Yosemite, that's uh, gravity flow, if I believe. I was reading on it. And it goes straight to uh, the um, the Bay Area. They had a long fight about that water in the old, old days, early 1900s. I don't know if that water is channeled off into any reservoirs along the way. But I would bet a car on it. I'd buy you a car if I was wrong. But I would bet Nancy Pelosi calls the Hetch Hetchy people and say, hey, let out some more water. We need some more water in the Bay Area, Crystal Springs Lake. And if you ever, you probably always have something to do. But I was going to say, if you don't have anything to do on a day off, go out over the Sam, over the San Mateo Bridge. Keep on going like you're going to Half Moon Bay, and you'll see how full that lake is. Nobody ever talks about it. I'm from that area, and so I can talk about it. And if it wasn't full right to the top, I'd buy you a brand new car, Mike. If it's not full, right to the top. We'll get that right on record now. And why is that full of all lakes in California? That well, one yeah, it, that serves her purpose. I, I, I think it's political, uh, James. And, and of course, the, as, you, as you said a couple of moments ago, the water, the wars, so to speak, over water have been raging for decades and decades in California. And at, uh, l- let me, I'll, I'll need to go in just a moment here, James, but just to t- tie yes, this sir. up, I'm from Southern California, right? I grew up in Pasadena. I was there my first uh, 32 years before moving up to the Sacramento area. And then uh, about 27 years ago, moving down here to the Stanislaus County area. And, and there down in, when I lived in Southern California, I really didn't think about where the water came from. It, you know, it wasn't until I got here and, and in Sacramento, but especially here in the Central Valley, that I became radically aware of who owns what systems, uh, the water wars, uh, why people up in this area get very disgruntled about the way water is managed. And I, I think pr- one of the right. problems, James, is that it, it's education. Uh, there's just not an awareness throughout the entire state of how we need to do water management better. And the other thing I think, James, is come uh, election times, like we're about to uh, have here shortly, dealing with stuff we haven't dealt with is not real popular around election time. A lot of promises are made, but once uh, once the politicians get into office, uh, we don't see a lot happening. You made some really good points there, well, James. Thank thing? you. Can yeah, I go ahead, please. Sure. You know, if Trump was in charge, he'd get right to the bottom of this oil situation. Because as soon as Joe came into office, oil shot through the roof. Oil's a business deal. And they see that this guy, even a stupid person, can look at Joe Biden and said, oh, we got, the, we got this guy by the shirt tails. Let's just raise the oil through the roof. And they're getting away with it. Joe doesn't know what to do. He's putting a tax on this 
what a laugh. They're all sitting in the – all the big uh, millionaire billionaires are sitting in a bar drinking, laughing it up. Trump wouldn't put up with that. But this is what we have. So please, let's, let's oust Joe Biden. Who's next? Kamala. And that's even worse. Anyway, I'll save the rest for another day. Good uh, show, Mike. D- James, thanks so much. Appreciate your input today yes, and, and you connecting a lot of those dots. Uh, by the way, and let, let me just address this very briefly. I think it's related to the conversation we're having with James there. In terms of Joe Biden really hasn't had a regular job for decades, if he ever had one. I, maybe he did. I'm a firm believer having been in law enforcement, having been in the fire service, having been in vocational ministry now for 27 years, but having worked in retail, having worked in other types of, uh, of occupations, I think it's very important for politicians, for law enforcement personnel, and for pastors especially as well to do other things before they enter whatever, whichever of those chosen fields they're going into. Well, why, Mike? Because it gives you a rational, realistic, experiential point of view on what life is really like. Because if you've been reared in law enforcement, you've been reared in politics, or even if you've been reared in the, in the clergy, in the pastorate, you live in a bubble and you just don't experience what it means to run businesses, what it means to work in other industries. And that is so important. I think we're suffering for that in terms of Joe Biden and the people that he's hiring and listening to. All right, we'll continue the conversation in five minutes here on The Mike Douglas Show as we continue on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Be right back. The Mike Douglas Show, now weekdays from 3 till 5 on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. A pastor with passion, a minister with manners. Now back to the Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. And welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Mike Douglas here, your personal concierge for conversation and uh, some great conversation we've had as usual with you here on the Mike Douglas Show. So much appreciate your participation and and your good, rational, and relevant thinking. I, I believe you are probably the best uh, best audience in radio. I just enjoy these conversations with you so much. Our number, 209-551-3483. By the way, before we go on, I want, wanted to uh, make a note of this. And, and for those of you who are fathers, uh, grandfathers, great-grandfathers, etc., hope you had a great Father's Day. I did. Now, both of our adult children... Uh, live a long way uh, from us, uh, Tennessee and uh, Virginia. Uh, but uh, they they called and we FaceTimed all together on uh, Sunday afternoon. And uh, our, our daughter and son funded a special dinner uh, for me with my wife and uh, had a wonderful dinner at, uh, what's the name of Cool Hand Luke's, I think is the name. It's right there by the Galaxy Theaters in, uh, in Riverbank. Great dinner. Great dinner. Should I tell you what I had for Father's Day? What I had for my Father's Day dinner? Mm. Prime rib and lobster. Oh, man. Oh, it was, I mean, 
Only on special occasions, but that's uh, so. Anyway, th- thanks to our uh, adult children for that. And however, you also know, and I've been waiting to announce this. Just uh, got the information on it. We had a contest here on Power Talk thirteen sixty KFIV uh, for a Father's Day giveaway. And big congratulations to Gerardo Saldivar. Gerardo Saldivar wins, uh, what, what did he win? Well, he got a transmission service, a value of $250 from Interstate Transmission Center. He uh, gets an exterior car detail and 3M ceramic uh, job on his uh, car to make his car look awesome from Davis Family Shines. And now that His transmission and the outside of his car is looking good. He's looking cool, too, because he gets a new pair of Gucci sunglasses from Prestigio Jewelers. So congratulations, Gerardo Saldivar. So happy that uh, you get the benefit of all of that. And uh, we thank uh, those who uh, nominated Gerardo Saldivar to be the winner of our KFIV's Father's Day giveaway. All right. Coming back uh, to think about our conversation with with James, Uh, by the way, uh, we were talking about uh, Hetch Hetchy Water Project. And indeed, uh, as far as uh, we can tell, uh, the Crystal Springs Reservoir is at the end of the Hetch Hetchy Water Project. And uh, so, again, James got us thinking here, some, some great questions. By the way, uh, there, there are so many great other programs on not only KFIV, but on the uh, iHeartRadio app as well. And I'm thinking of, of water. Uh, may I just highlight, too, one, one of my wife's favorites, and she often has to commute early on a Saturday morning. And so she crosses into the radio signal area of our sister's station, KFBK in Sacramento. At 5 in the morning on Saturdays, she calls him Bob the Fish Guy. Justin, I am not a fisherman. I have, like, zero expertise in fishing. I know, I know, I live in the Central Valley, and I'm not a fisherman. I apologize. But I'm just very honest about who I am. Bob the Fish Guy, uh, my wife Lori, just loves listening to his show. And then uh, on the weekdays at 5 a.m. here on uh, AM 1360 KFIV Ag Life, I am, sorry to say, often up during that time. Uh, And I say, unfortunately, because I don't go to bed till very, very late at night or in the morning. But my body wakes me up, and I often can hear at least uh, part of Ag Life fascinating show if you have the time uh, between 5 and 6 a.m. on on 1360 a.m. here learn a lot about agriculture i i didn't know and well well worth the listen if you have the uh, the time for that all right uh talking about the gun bill before the u.s senate the one that what 14 or so republicans are are just ecstatic about compromising with their Democratic counterparts to pass. I, who are, first, well, let, let me let me summarize this. It's the Bipartisan Safer Communities Act. And uh, the bill, by the way, I think it has to 
face maybe two more votes in the Senate and um, one to end debate, one for a final passage. And then if it gets 60 votes, uh, it's likely uh, to happen probably tomorrow. And then it goes to the House of Representatives, where I'm sure it will be passed, and then to President Biden's desk. Well, here's a couple of reactions from uh, Senator Josh Hawley. And and the red flag, what disturbs me most is the red flag um, provisions of that bill. I think it's a very dangerous and slippery slope. Senator Josh Hawley tweeted out, Here we are voting to move on a bill negotiated entirely behind closed doors, released only an hour ago, this was yesterday, that no one has had time to fully read, that ignores the national crime wave and chips away instead at the fundamental rights of law-abiding citizens. My vote is no. And then Senator Mike Lee from Utah. Now here's a constitutionalist, very, very bright guy. He said... Process matters. This evening, he was talking about last evening, we received the text of a new gun proposal and a blind vote was required within an hour with only moments to review no committing hearings, no regular order. A vote was held with implications concerning an essential constitutional right. The American people deserve better from the world's greatest deliberative body. So what they're saying, uh, both of these senators, is saying, wait a minute, you barely, you didn't give us any time to really pour over this bill, to to read it, to analyze it, to to comment, to debate about it. Now it's just being pushed through by uh, Chuck Schumer. Uh, reporter Chad Pergram said by setting up the procedural, uh, procedural vote to break the filibuster on the uh, gun bill for Thursday, the Senate could wrap up action on that by the end of the week uh, or over the weekend. Then it's unclear how fast the House can move to sync up. Also sets up the potential of a weekend session. Well, <clears throat> here's the, uh, how long, 80 pages. 80 pages, and basically they rushed it through, and people really didn't have time to read over it and digest it. But but these uh, GOP senators, they were hot to trot on it. Let, let's get this done. Uh, let me tell you who they were. Roy Blunt from Missouri, Richard Barr from North Carolina, Rob Portman from Ohio, Pat Toomey from Pennsylvania, John Cornyn from Texas, Tom Tillis from North Carolina, Bill Cassidy from uh, Louisiana, Susan Collins from Maine, Lindsey Graham from South Carolina, Mitt Romney, no surprise there, Mitt Romney from Utah, and uh, then a couple that uh, joined to advance it, Lisa Murkowski from Alaska, Shelley Capito from West Virginia, Joni Erst from uh, Iowa, Mitch McConnell, Kentucky, Senate Minority Leader, and Todd Young from Indiana. I here's here's my angst about the red flag laws. They are so nebulous that I can see the abuse happening of those laws very quickly. Well, but Mike, it's a good thing if, if someone has uh, any indication of mental illness, they ought not to be able to have a gun. 
All right, what, what, do, what do we define as mental illness? Let's say that uh, John Doe goes to a psychologist or a psychiatrist because maybe he hit his head in an industrial injury a while ago and he's having migraines. And so they prescribe him a uh, prescription for his migraines. Now, he may not have to take it very often, but he, he has to have a prescription for migraines. Ah, had to go to a psychiatrist or a psychologist or his doctor for a mental issue. It's in his head. Therefore, he ought not to have a gun. Right? Am I right? Don't you see that happening? You see, we have these nebulous feel-good things which violate the nature and intent, the spirit of the Second Amendment. And yet, the Senate wants to push this through. What was Tuesday, last night's vote? Uh, 64 to 34. But again, Schumer was basically shoving it down the throats of the Senate. Here's a thought from Republican Senator Tom Cotton. You know Cotton from Arkansas. He voted no. He said that this bill won't stop violent shootings by deranged criminals, but it will restrict the freedoms of law-abiding Americans and put too much power in the hands of politicians and political officials. Stopping gun violence starts with more funding for police and tougher sentences for criminals who violate gun laws, not taking away due process from law-abiding gun owners. What do you think? What do you think about the red flag law? Do you think it's valid? Do you think it's appropriate? you think it's okay? Should the Senate and the House pass this bill? What's your reaction to it? 209-551-3483. We'll be back with that topic and others in three minutes here on the Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. He's got issues. Let's talk about it. The Mike Douglas Show on air and online. Power Talk 1360 KFIV. And welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show here on this Wednesday afternoon on Power Talk 1360 KFIV been talking about that uh, <clears throat> federal gun law, uh, proposed law, that the bill that's in front of uh, the U.S. Senate right now. Kevin Roberts, the president of the Heritage Foundation, tweeted this out yesterday. These blind votes without committee hearings keep costing Americans their freedom and their money. We deserve better. And then comments from Gun Owners of America, Senior Vice President Eric Pratt, released this statement. He said, once again, so-called conservative senators are making clear they believe that the rights of American citizens can be compromised away. Let me be clear, he writes, they have no authority to compromise with our rights, and we will not tolerate tolerate legislators who are willing to turn gun owners into second-class citizens. Gun Owners of America fully opposes this unconstitutional legislation and will continue to encourage our millions of members to make their voices heard to their elected officials on this bill. So uh, there are some uh, initial reactions to this bill being pushed through without any debate last night through the Senate uh, by uh, Senator Chuck Schumer. 
I was talking about the red flag laws and how I'm very concerned about them in terms of abuse. Now, if there is a person who has shown uh, himself or herself to have violent tendencies and to uh, be diagnosed, for example, with schizophrenia, uh, as an example, <clears throat> I, I, I can see why you might want legislation to prevent them from legally obtaining a gun. The other aspect, though, is that bad guys and bad gals often don't legally buy guns. They obtain them on the black market or they obtain them through, uh, through other means. And the other thing that I'm very worried about, and I'm, I'm going to approach this from a personal perspective as a, as a longtime community pastor, when I was <clears throat> doing a lot of couple mentoring, couples who were in trouble, marriages on the rocks, counseled many of them, and I saw, <clears throat> I would say, two or three instances where disgruntled spouses, either in the midst of separation and or divorce or after a divorce, accused their spouses of certain things in order to get back at them. And one instance, and I won't go into particulars because legally I can't. Many of you know that uh, as, as vocational clergy, we are mandatory reporters. When uh, we learn of <clears throat> a uh, potential abuse case, uh, uh, crimes against children, uh, we are obligated to report it. And so I had an instance where, and I can't remember if uh, the couple was in the midst of a divorce or had already, already divorced, can't quite remember all the uh, particulars. But <clears throat> the female side of it, in order to get back at her uh, spouse or former spouse, made up a story to me about how he had sexually abused their child, small child. Well, I'm a mandatory reporter, so I had to take it to law enforcement because that's what I'm bound to do legally. And as it turns out, that accusation was totally unfounded. But the man had to go through the pain and suffering of being suspected of being a, a child molester all because his wife, in a very snarky moment, decided to get back at him. And you can't recover that. You can't recover your reputation. Well, they found out it was unfounded, so everything's cool, right? No. No, because when that innuendo hits you, people don't recover from that. It follows them, even if it was unwarranted. And so I'm applying this same angst over the red flag laws as I hear them being written, because I can see the potential of the abuse here. I can see spouses getting, or ex-spouses, in-laws or outlaws, getting mad at each other and calling up law enforcement or calling up an attorney or calling up a, a, a judge, whatever it might be. And saying, well, this person, he, he or she is violent. 
did violent, spoke about violent things. And there we go. They get labeled. Investigations are held. And now it's on their record that they've been investigated for this. Even though they may be found not guilty of it all. Here they have to go through the process and they, they experience what we call collateral damage in the process. To me, the Second Amendment stands firm. And I don't, how do you feel? Or, or maybe or can you make the can you make the case for the red red flag laws as they're being written right now, or do you feel that they can be used and abused? Are are you even worried about that? Our number here two zero nine five five one three four eight three two zero nine five five one three four eight three. By the way, while you're uh, Thinking about that, here's something else that sticks in my craw a little bit. What is your craw? Well, never mind. PG&E. Apparently, automatic shutoffs are going to continue. PG&E's automated power shutoffs will continue despite pushback from some city government officials. Now, what are these shutoffs? Well, you may remember they happen when... The PG&E computer systems say there's an issue that could start a wildfire, like a tree hitting a power line. So PG&E says they've reduced the number of fires by as much as 45% since last July by operating the shutoffs. Well, <clears throat> if you think about that a little bit, how do they know they reduced the number of fires by 45% if the fires didn't happen? What Maybe in those incidents, the, it wouldn't have caused a fire. You see, they're playing very fast with the uh, stats uh, there. And anyway, I, I, think, I think we got what we deserve. We decided to slam PG&E. We decided to make them a criminal. We decided to fine them millions and millions of dollars. Now, as far as I'm concerned, PG&E is saying, okay, live with it. Here's what we're going to do to protect ourselves. All right, we'll protect our right to converse. That's coming back up tomorrow from 3 to 5 p.m. here on the Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. See you tomorrow.